romanticizing her rubbing her butt when she belongs to you. Right? <laughs> Sweat dripping down her back. Soap suds. You had this, this kid shoot somebody. Dude <laughs> <laughs> rubbing her down with all types of expensive moves. But yeah, like it's hard to think about shit like that. Then you want to, somebody, it's the same thing I said before. You angry about something, somebody needs to get that work. No, nobody needs to get that work. You flip that hate around turn and, and turn that into love. Channel that shit into your love and, and think about how can I be the biggest person I could be and start forgiving. Playboy. What's good, y'all? It's your man, DJ Playboy. Plicka, plicka, Playboy. Back again for another episode of the Perfect Talk Podcast. Rocking out every week like I do with my man to the left, my partner in crime, my dog. Girl, scream like I'm Keith. What's good, Chief? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just doing a quick mic check. What's up, y'all? Hey, hey. <laughs> What's good? <laughs> Sometimes, <laughs> Sometimes you got to yeah. do the mic check on, 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 while the episode starts. Fuck it, right? Yeah. Save time. <laughs> Word up. That's efficiency at its finest. Yeah. What's good with you, though, brother? Me, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm terribly good, man. I'm looking into vacations now. I'm on Google every other day. Nice. Figuring out what can I afford. Nice, nice. Oh, man. Yes, it's, summertime's coming. It's funny you say that concept because um, I've been listening to um, this real estate dude that, uh, you know, made a lot of money in real estate and... and that concept that you just said about well, you're you're planning a vacation, so obviously you're seeing what you can afford, what you can't. But like, of just knowing, being intentional with your visions. And so he was like, before he bought a house, his first like house that he invested in, um, for people to live in to rent out, he he came up with goals and decided, I right, well, I want to live in, I want to live in this sort of house for myself, and that mortgage payment is going to be. You know, he he actually researched the type of house he want to live in and what that mortgage payment would be, and then went out and bought a building that could cover that mortgage payment for, you know what I mean, that building and also his his house. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it just shows like how you just gotta be intentional with your with your visions. Um because I was thinking about doing that before vacations also. Like just all right, let me just start planning it. Even though I'm not like necessarily going anywhere anytime soon. Somewhere within the next year I plan on going, but just start right now. You know what I mean? Looking at all right, what's this how much is this gonna cost? All right, what do I have to do to to make this a reality? And stuff like that. So that's what's funny you bring that up. What, what, you got any places in mind? Yeah, so we going to a wedding in May. Okay. For a, a mutual friend, me and my wife. And um, so it's in Virginia. So we're trying to figure out if we can just extend that vacation, maybe drive somewhere a little bit further south or go to a beach town in the area, something like that. Because since it's going to be around Memorial, it's going to be right after Memorial Day. Nice. It should be hot enough down there, so or probably too hot down there. But anyway, <laughs> we'll try to figure figure out something to do if it could, you know. I, I can I can break up a drive. I'm not a good I'm not good at the long driving. You know what I'm saying? I start cramping up and shit. But um, yeah, so we're looking to do that, and then she wants to go to Paris. So maybe we'll try to do that early fall, late summer, maybe. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's, so that's... I was looking at so like when you go so I was telling her when you go to Europe because she she's only been to Europe once the one time we went to Barcelona, but we only went for a couple literally a couple of days like two or three days. Okay. And um, so I'm like you know what you, when you go to Europe you got to visit a, a couple spots like 
So maybe you do Paris and you know take a train to a couple a couple other locations. So why, you're trying why, to figure it out. Why do you say that? Why do you uh what's what's the? Because Europe is so small that you might as well. Oh, knock see out a couple. You can, you yeah. know, what I'm saying each country in different regions, any country really, but you know, particularly in Europe, like the different regions got their own thing, like. Uh, like France, it has this metropolis of Paris. It got a couple other cities, but it also has a you know a beach area by the sea and all that. And it has you know culture. You got spots that's known for wine and champagne. So in that country alone, or and cognac, the cognac, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying. So you got Bordeaux, where Bordeaux wine comes from. Or you could take a, a quick plane flight, like a one or two hour plane flight to go to. You go to London, you could go to Croatia, you go to Switzerland. It shares a border with Switzerland. So if you're going to go there, might as well just make a, a real trip of it. If you're going to fly all that way while you're there, just try to get some stuff done. No, that makes sense because that's really one of the things you hear about backpacking through Europe. So I never really thought about you know that concept. It totally makes more sense now that you explain that. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like It's different from going to Jamaica where it's an island. So it's not really, it's not necessarily easy to fly from Jamaica to, to Antigua or something like that. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and also, it might cost a lot of money, too, even though they're so close. Mm-hmm. No, that makes sense. That, that's, uh, you've been keeping up with the, well, March Madness is, is uh, officially moved on to the final four phase now, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I, I definitely, uh, I, I've been keeping up with much. Actually, any NCAA basketball game I watched this year featured Zion Williamson. Right. <laughs> and that was the last one I watched. I actually had him in it, and I haven't turned it back on. Actually, I don't even, that was last week. So they have the games. I think will be we're recording the day that we're recording. Will be uh, probably you come on today. So like, um, I don't plan on watching anymore though. Like to be honest with you, I'm kind of. <laughs> well, you're not the only one, man. Like, <laughs> they, it, it was known once Duke got eliminated that you know no more Zion. Ratings is going down. <laughs> well, but down, I mean like back to normal. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. a lot of people don't fuck with college basketball like that the people who do they love it mm-hmm. the people who don't they just like all right it's march madness let me get in my pool my pool been busted like a, a week ago a week and a half ago so i'm like you know i'm i just stopped i, just, I stopped looking and shit i was like i don't give a shit mm-hmm. yeah for real like, I, was like, like, I was like let me just study up on my game of thrones get ready for that that's coming out <laughs> next weekend so your game of thrones bracket and shit <laughs> exactly and the people really got that shit who gonna die <laughs> Nah, um, no, nah, it, it's 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 going down, especially now that they they're getting rid of the one and done. It probably might even go down even more if they, if they move forward with their plan to do that. Um, but yeah, there's no superstars, and when you get a superstar like Zion, you're gonna um look at a humble kid. Actually, you know, he went to Duke, which is um uh, uh one of those schools that people love to hate, but he he made the Duke program even very likable. So you know, what I mean, um, hopefully, best of luck moving on with his next endeavors. Hope he becomes a multi-millionaire. Doesn't uh he will. <laughs> doesn't sign on with Big Baller brand. <laughs> he definitely ain't, man. You seen what he did to a Nike shoe. I wonder how the shoe deal gonna go. They're gonna be like, you don't want your, you know, you don't want your your sneakers busting all on the court. Your and <laughs> your ankle twisting all in the videos. Dancing. That come to Under Armour. <laughs> <Dancing>. <laughs> Under Armour has a chance. I don't think Adidas. I think Adidas might be out of the running because I believe he got caught up in that Adidas scandal um, that was going on where they were paying paying kids. But mm-hmm. uh, well, you never know. And Nike seems to be the front runner. They seem to have because uh, they supplied him with sneakers and Duke, and they they were making special shoes for him after that happened. So we'll see what happens. Best of luck though for the young man. Yeah. 
Um, oh, we've been talking about this for uh, if you keep up with this show, probably for a while now. Uh, the concept of therapy. Uh, of mm-hmm. going to talk, speaking to a therapist, even you know, relationship therapy, individual therapy, things like that, and, and a lot of uh, my buddies uh, in my inner circle have actually uh, done therapy, um, mm-hmm. and all have have been huge fans of it. Um, so this week is actually going to be my first therapy session. I'm looking forward to that. Ow, ow, <laughs> and, and um, it's funny because it, it's still like one of those things you uh. You don't know if you could talk about it in, in public or you don't know if people because there's a stigma, you know what I'm saying? But I've learned that the only way that we're going to grow is to move on from the stigma. Um, right. and, and I don't know if that stigma exists in every community, but definitely for a while it existed in the black community and still might. Uh, mm-hmm. where, where people look at therapy as, as a rich people thing, a white people thing, as, you know, what I mean, a, a crazy person thing. Um, you know, what I mean, but it's, it's not <laughs> at all, you know, what I mean, it's a human thing, and um, you know, we all need someone to talk to, whether it's a friend or a therapist, you know what I'm saying? We all need someone to talk to and clergy. Yeah, exactly. And uh so I'm looking forward to that. Should be um an interesting process. Yeah, man. That's gonna it's gonna be fun, man. Just just enjoy the process. I mean, some people they build up these expectations for therapy. When they finally convince themselves to get up and go to a therapist, they um go on with certain expectations like expectations like fine i'm gonna go but they better be like this this and that and the chances are they won't be that way now you hear it a lot with um couples therapy because oftentimes one partner wants to go but the other one is is very reticent about it okay and and so they are like fine i'll go for you and then they go and i'm like this is bullshit man they don't ever say that i'm right they don't ever take my side and blah blah, blah but it ain't about that you know what I'm saying? So you, so when you, we're talking about individual therapy, yeah, you got that stigma, especially in the African-American community. You know, the why fact do you that think that exists? Why do you think that exists? Why? Man? Well, yeah. you know, I was watching The Shy on Showtime. I was watching the, the season premiere. Shout out to The Shy. The Shy. And there's one character, and he's a little kid, and he's, and he's a black kid, and his mom said, we're going to take you to therapy because he had some traumatic experiences. Okay. And he said, man, therapy's for white people. Why I got to do it? All right? And there's, there's that concept of you know, like you, you're seeking help for something that you, you think you can just, it could resolve on its own as long as you tuck that feeling away. Oh, I'm feeling mad about something or I feel sad or scared. Now I'm going to tuck that fear away and show my good face. Kind of like you can handle it yourself type of yeah, thing. Yeah, you can handle it yourself. Yeah. Right? And you th- when you think about the black experience, a lot of it is wearing a mask. I can't remember who came up with the, the, the concept of, it might be like W.E.B. Du Bois or something like that, like you have your face that you wear you know like you're around your family kind of like you you code switching they call it nowadays like you you talk and act a certain way around your family you talk and act a certain way around your professional circle Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying and having to balance those like you get so used to it you don't realize how stressful it is there's um well before i didn't mean to cut you up there nah that was it nigga nah it's it's um it does exist like because it makes you I don't know how to how, like. This is a, a thing that people like to make fun. You know, we we play the dozens in the black community, so it's, I think it's one of those things too. You don't want to give someone something to make fun of you about, right. or some somebody you know something to crack on you about. Because um, even in in my experience, um, like I hang out in the barbershop sometimes, and I went in there and they were talking, and what were they talk? Oh, the uh, I don't know. I, I I didn't see this for myself, but they were telling me about it that there's certain schools now where there's something called. And I don't think this is the official name for it, but it's pretty much like a crying room mm-hmm. where um, 
I guess if you're going through something, you know what I mean? It's it's, it's somewhere where you could go and, and let your emotions out. And, um, which which I think is actually a pretty good concept like, like in the state of maybe you find out that a family member passed away, you know what I'm saying, the morning of you on your way to school or the day before. And you like, you know, you think you can handle it, but then you get to school and those emotions start to get the best of you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's something that could be beneficial. But you know what I mean? That in the barbershop, you know how, how dudes get. So they making fun of it. Be like, yo, imagine... Corey going to the bar to go into the uh the crying room and, and then you see him later in the day, you know what I'm saying? You're gonna you gonna beat him up again. <laughs> <laughs> you send him to therapy, then you're like, you know, I'm sending you back. <laughs> but it's like um I I I I was made, you know, obviously you make jokes, I was making jokes too. But then I, I really thought about it. I took a second and stepped away from it and I, and I said it. I was like, yo, you know what though? As funny as it is. I would much rather uh, little Jimmy go to the crying room and, and maybe talk to the the counselor in there and get that out, rather than come back to school the next day with his his dad's gun. You know what I'm saying? And and, and do something crazy. So it's like we can't we can't on one hand say all right this is tragic and these things are, shouldn't be happening, and then on the other hand make fun of someone for wanting to find that help, wanting to find that that outlet. You know what I'm saying? So definitely, you know what I'm saying? Like it it, it, it it's always good to confront your emotions rather than bottle them up because then they tend to come out you know what i mean in the wrong way in the wrong forms so wrong time in the wrong form and yeah. you know and to that, the wrong person sometimes so, also yeah to the wrong person or people exactly mm-hmm. yeah i mean it's weird because it it's a it's a very tough balance in addressing the the very different needs of of this generation now we're talking about kids right so they're very different needs of this generation but also try to help this generation. Because one of the, the knocks against some of these younger generations, um, let's say you were born after 1980, let's say, or 1985, the knock against them is that they don't know how to deal with adversity. So how do you balance those things of, I'm going to, we got to give you an outlet to address whatever it is that you're, that's, that's eating you up inside, but also teach you how to uh, address adverse situations right like it's hard to diagnose is this person just being a punk or are they are they really bothered where we need to address the underlying issue and the the truth is is that a lot of parents are going to send these kids to therapy Mm -hmm. so i guess the school took it upon themselves to say all right we're going to give you a safe place where you can really get your feelings out what year did you say after 1985 yeah i just threw out some years 80 or 85 but that's a knock against that generation i guess you call that millennials and and a couple of the, uh, the younger generations what um no no i agree with you wholeheartedly because that's that's our generation i was born in 1984 um it's like life is for the most part been good and getting better if, if you know what i mean for the most mm-hmm. part in terms of uh just advances in the medical field advances in technology things like that and i was listening to a podcast uh yesterday and, and the dude brought up a, a really good concept that we have these like dreams and visions for ourselves and be like, all right, if I reach this goal, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, that's going to be happy. I'm going to be happy once I reach this goal. If I sell a million copies of something, you know what I mean? That's going to, that's going to truly fulfill me. And the fact of the matter is when we do reach these milestones that we don't necessarily feel the feeling that we were going to feel like it's cool for a day or two, but then it's like, now what, you know what I'm saying? Now you got to replace that with something else. Um, whereas, but some people don't realize that. And they, they fall into these depressions, you know what I mean? Like people who win the lottery, they thought, all right, well, now I'm going to live my wildest dreams. And then they'll fall into a depression because of it because they realize what's really changed. You're still the same person, you know what I mean? 
Just right. your, uh, your bank account is a little bit different. But if you're not happy, what difference does that make? You know what I'm saying? And what I think happens is, especially with this reality TV thing that we uh, phase that we got going on, or just looking at other people maybe living a life that that we were like, oh man, I would love to live that life. It's like once we do make advances, once we do reach towards our goals, it's like, wow, I, I, I still don't, you know what I mean? Like that didn't fulfill me. And and sometimes you need to talk to somebody about that. You need to express that to somebody to understand that you got to have to find that fulfillment without that. You know what I'm saying? Before you even right. reach that, that, that phase. But our generation, we're looking at a lot of people on television and looking at how good things, things look for them, how good that, you know, we got social media and putting their mm-hmm. best foot forward. So it's easy to look at someone and be like, oh, damn, I went to high school with this dude. He living life. He doing it. But you don't know what's really going on in his life. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, if yeah. you, go ahead. The social media joint is funny because, um, yeah, sometimes you look at them people, you know, you're 25, Instagram or whatever is, is, is popping. And you see somebody like, damn, man, this dude is doing a big on a Saturday. Next Saturday, yeah, this nigga's doing a big. Following Saturday and for like three years straight, every Saturday, this nigga's doing it big. And you ain't speak to him in a minute. Then you, then you you meet up with a mutual friend like yeah what's good with this nigga Jeffrey man this dude is doing it big oh nah he you know he just got fired from UPS you know he's partying too much so you never know what somebody's really living you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying yeah you right yeah because yeah, they make their own image exactly right that podcast you just listen to that they put forth like some kind of solution or a better way to think about it um it said uh, he he was a it was a guy it was an author so he was more so talking about his uh he was more so talking about his book. Um, and he was saying that within the book, like you have to replace those goals with new goals. That's why you have to be a goal oriented person. Cause if your goal is like, all right, well, I'm going to become a recording artist and I'm going to go platinum. And once that happens, it's like, you got to have new goals now. It's like, all right, well, what's the next endeavor? What's the next thing? Because it's like the Jeezy song. And then what, <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And then what, like you got to have that. That, that, that is a good example of, and then what song at first I'm going start no and then what <laughs> then I'm going. it was funny because it's like a quiz like that's what therapy be like sometimes depending on your therapist like they be asking how you feel and then you be like yeah I feel this this and that and then what uh, and then uh, and then I stop punching the wall and then what <laughs> <laughs> we find out auntie house <laughs> stack my yams up yeah. <laughs> let me find out Jeezy on the low got the PhD yeah man PhD in psychotherapy <laughs> thug motivation yeah. <laughs> nah but yeah that, that was that, that was what I took from it like you gotta you gotta have those goals and then you gotta be ready with the next set of goals and, and then I've heard that in a couple things I had uh, it was, I guess I was just maybe a, a motivational Friday for me or uh, just a week in terms of just the stuff I was listening to but um homie another person that I was listening to was just like all right, you got to set the goals. The goal, like basically, it was a 40-year-old dude saying that he's living, the life he's living now was the goals that he made up at 30, you know what I'm saying, 25, 30. So he's, he's able to live that life now. So people look at him and be like, damn, bro, why, why are you still why are you still in the gym right now? Well, you know what I'm saying? You, you, you got it. You, you can miss a day. Or why are you still going so hard to, 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 to do business deals and to start new endeavors? And he's like... Cause the forty year old me is happy. I ain't doing this for the forty year old me. I'm trying to make sure the the fifty five, sixty year old me is it could be chilling also. You know what I'm saying? And right, then, right. yeah, yeah. And then at that age, I guess you know he's looking on to the next generation. He's like, it ain't gonna be for me. It's I'm trying to make sure my grandkids and 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 they kids is gonna be straight. So you always gotta yeah, think about. It's like I and I I fell victim to that. I fell victim to a I once I reached this point. I'm gonna be good. So I'm gonna be that. I'm gonna once you bag the girl that you've always dreamed of. It's gonna be 
flowers and roses and 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 you know what I mean? It, it's not. It, it's like all right, I, and then what? How you gonna keep her? How you gonna keep her happy? How you gonna you know what I mean? So what's the? All right, you got her. So what's the next thing now? You know what I mean? So it, it's just like you gotta always not remain complacent, not get complacent, and um, always stay on that grind. Yeah, definitely. And then also with that goal stuff, I think uh, some ambitious people or some people who listen to advice like that, they could, I would say, miscarry it or mis- misinterpret it or, or, or misuse it, let me say, by making all these money, money type, um, what's it like, like these quote unquote professional kind of goals. But there's also sm- these small life goals, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. And what I, the way I like to look at it, what I, what I would add to that is to try to connect it to something deeper. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to make more money. Why do you want to make more money? I want to go on more vacation. Why do you want to go on more vacation? I want to make myself feel X, Y, Z. It should be a, always be attached to a feeling and not a task or not like this outside, these these extrinsic like goals or, or milestones. It should be like, because I, I, I want to feel this way. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to be, I want to feel safe. I want to make sure I remain fed and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and to put a bow on it, that, that reminds me of something else I hear where the people are like, all right, you got these big goals, you got these big aspirations. And obviously, you want to be financially secure. You want to be set. You want your family to be good. You want to be happy. But that's not going to fulfill you in the long term. So that's why a lot of people that make a lot, like tons of money, they they get into philanthropy because that way they're, that money that they're making goes on to help other people. And right. and they get something from that, you know what I mean? They they'll even tell you they're like my generosity. It don't even really feel like generosity because it's probably doing more for me <laughs> than the, than the people I'm giving the money to in terms of how I'm feeling. You know what I'm saying? And and just it, it makes them feel great to help, be able to help other people out. So it's got to be bigger than you. Along, yeah, so, along self actualization. Everybody look up Maslow's pyramid of of needs or some shit like that. Google. Yeah, yeah. No, nah, you're right, man. But yeah, definitely looking forward to therapy this week. So I'm going to keep y'all involved because y'all perfect talk family. I, I think of y'all as family and I'm going to include y'all in this uh, process with me. So stay tuned. Stay tuned, man. Um, We lost the German hip hop this week, brother. Uh, the home, uh, Nip. homeboy Nipsey Hustle, man. And and it was crazy because I, I was at work and I got the text from you that he just we just got word that he got shot. You know what I'm saying? So it, it was weird and not even, you know what I mean? Like it was kind of like the Biggie quote at the end of um that song Running with Tupac where yeah. where he's like, "Yeah, you know, you heard he got shot, you figure, I, right, you know what I mean, he going he going to be all right, make a couple records about it." Like that's literally how I thought about it. I was like, "All right, oh, Nipsey got shot. All right, you know what I mean? He going next album he going to talk about this and it's going to be something that we able to move on and then I just I I it might have been savvy the amusing or some somebody's post was just like rest in peace and I was like damn you know what I mean like that that just came out of nowhere it hit me like a ton of bricks and I can't I can't sit here and say I was I'm a lifelong Nipsey fan or uh, you know what I'm saying like I remember when he was on the freshman um it's a freshman ten XXL does the the freshman mm-hmm. class I remember right. like he wasn't even one of my favorite artists on that cover you know what I'm saying but right. over time. I, I kept up with his movement. I remember when he was selling his mixtapes. You know what I mean? You could get it for free. You could download it for free, but he was also giving you the opportunity to buy it for $10. And, and people like Jay-Z, you know what I mean, were, were buying tons of copies of them just to support the hustle. And and it, it was it was, it was was an amazing thing that even to the point where when the news people were covering him and they're like, oh, his debut album, Victory Lap. And I'm like, his debut album? I was like, that's a typo. I, I, they, they misquoted that. And I'm like, oh, shit, that was really his first major label album. You know what I'm saying? Everything right. else was was independent mixtapes before that, and 
it um it hurt, man. It really did. Like it uh, cause cause just it, you get tired of the rappers dying, man. You get tired of this black on black. You get tired of this stereotype that we 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 just killing each other and we just hurting each other. But what is a dude like Nipsey that actually was an entrepreneur, went back to his neighborhood and built a uh, um a store. But not only that, but that whole corner of the strip mall, he you know what I mean he bought out and he had a uh a, a what they call it, like a basic needs store right next to the marathon store where you could get T-shirts, deodorant, you know what I mean, CDs, things like that, and and then hired people from the neighborhood to work in there. He also had plans to open a Creole restaurant. Um, he was going to have low-income housing in, within there that he was going to you know, have apartments for people in there, and I was just like, damn, of all, you know what I mean? Like, human life is, is, is precious, and... and the dude that's trying to actually improve that situation out there without gentrification, without moving everybody out, but just to make it better for the people that are actually there, it's like, damn. You know what I mean? He gets taken out in his own hood by his own people. And it's like, it just sucks, man. Yeah, you talking you just we were just talking about those tycoons that they like, they're rich for a long time, then they're like, all right, what am I gonna do next? And then go into philanthropy. Mm-hmm. Nipsey ain't been rich for very long. You know what I'm saying? He already got into it. Right, and he did it. He made his businesses to develop a community, which is huge. Like a lot of people don't. Even if you have people from disadvantaged neighborhoods, they're like, "Yo, I'm gonna go outside the neighborhood where the the opportunity is." It reminds me of Magic Johnson when he was looking for investors in the Magic the Magic theaters. Uh-huh. And in his one of his books, he was saying that he would go to investors, and they'd be like, "You gonna get money out of there? Fuck out of here!" And he's like, "All right, watch, you'll see." Then, you know, he started putting Magic Johnson theaters in all these black neighborhoods, and apparently they're doing pretty well. Wait, so what, what were they saying? That it's not going to, like, his businesses aren't going to work in those neighborhoods? Pretty much. There's not enough money going in or out of the, these neighborhoods for it to warrant us investing in it. Gotcha. Like, oh, it's okay. not going to make no money, pretty yeah. much, because these people don't got no money, basically. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, he- so, you know, Nipsey go, goes in and opens businesses and operates these businesses and and um, from pretty much where he's from, not necessarily in Beverly Hills or or you know wherever, he did it there, in in that neighborhood and like some serious businesses. He ain't open no corner stores or or, or tobacco spots where you could get fucking uh, Swisher Sweets. He it was like a clothing store and like you just said, a basic needs store and all that community development. Man, that's that's insane that they would. That he shot down cold blood like that in broad daylight. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was such a malice. And even I go back to the whole mental health thing. Yeah, that dude is, and he's not the, the the dude who did it. Like he's not the only one of his kind to do it. Like growing up in a hood like that, like it must be traumatic, and it does something to people's brains, even if they themselves aren't engaged in violence. So for for the dude to do that in the way he did it, for the reason he did it. Yeah, just as, like wow. where does that come from? Like, yeah, exactly. You're right. It's like it, it necessarily he might have seen something growing up, or he might have experienced something growing up where he feels like that's the reaction to you know what I'm saying. And it's like, bro, it's it's it's, it's over words. You know what I mean? Over being embarrassed, over nonsense like that. And it's just it's 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 insane, man. Um, and then you know what I mean? Like people were going with the whole conspiracy theory thing because Nipsey was working on a documentary. Um. About a doctor, uh, CB, um, uh, a doctor who's cured 
tons of diseases over time. And he, you know, he himself was, was, was taken out early. Um, I guess he had he had ties to Lisa Left Eye Lopez, who died young. So, you know, it was crazy. They, they, they were running with the whole conspiracy theory thing. And I can't tell people what to believe. If you want to run with that, then that's cool. But I just I just find it like disheartening that we could use a distraction like that and get mad. Be like, oh, it's the government. Let's get mad at the government. Let's get mad at whoever took him out rather than a black man shot a black man. We need to be mad at that. You know what I'm saying? Like the same way we get mad when the police whoop somebody's ass, the same way we get mad when someone's shot down in the street by by a white cop, bro. It's it's a tragedy that a black man would shoot a black man like that. Whether the government sent him, whether other black people sent him, whether Hispanic people sent him, like who cares? A black man still felt it was cool to shoot another black man in the street, and that's the part that I think hurts the most. Right. Like, I, mean? I mean the 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 one small point that I I would I guess draw some distance between my opinion and your opinion is the fact that what to I guess to put some kind of comparison or contrast to whether he's he's shot by a white cop versus some black dude um, I would just say that to me those are just two such completely different conversations that um, the same people who are getting mad at white cops shooting black black people I would imagine that they're also mad if a black guy shoots another black guy. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying, I'm not even trying to compare the two. I'm just saying life is life. You know what I'm saying? Like, it don't even, I could care less, to be honest, about black people, white people, Chinese people. I'm about humans killing humans is getting old. You know what I'm saying? It's it's, it's super whack. It's corny. So it's just like, I, I, I'm not nah, like I said. I'm not comparing the two. I could care less what people believe. If if you watch that video and you want to walk away with a different theory, I'm more so. I guess my outrage and my anger just comes from like it's one of those things that we've seen it before, and we might see it again. And it's like let's focus our energy on how we can't, how we could change it. You know what I'm saying? How we could right. make sure I mean, we we don't see it again. Right. And Nipsey was trying to do just that in his community development. Um, but yeah, as far as people wanting to believe in some kind of conspiracy, it's that impulse when you're angry to to absolutely mm-hmm. need someone or something to target or channel that to blame, right? That anger too to blame exactly. Yeah. Like you need a target. You know what I'm saying? Like you got all this ammunition in the form of anger, and you're like, yo, I need something to direct this at. And that's where you see all the you see a lot of that conspiracy shit. Even in politics, you see all these wild conspiracies on the internet. Some dude is trafficking mm-hmm. children in in the basement of a, a pizza shop, and Hillary Clinton is paying for it. Like shit, like that. It's like, yo, man, we angry about something. We need a target now, and the most ridiculous target we can find. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. But, yeah. uh, but on that same Nipsey note, though, what I have been impressed with is is the coverage of him. How people have been like, like publications that the type of headlines have become more sophisticated and insightful, and not mm-hmm. t- uh, keying in on his on his race. Or his his um, gang, gang affiliation affiliations stuff like from, that. gang affiliations from his youth, the fact that he's mm-hmm. a rapper, they really focused in on what's important, like his true occupation. Yes, he's a rapper, which they have identified, but also that he was a he was a community developer, a real estate guy, all that shit. Where where now business publications or the business writer is writing about. The, the I guess the, the recipe of, of Nipsey's success with regards to acquiring acquiring real estate and how you can learn from that. Like that shit right there exactly. is inspiring. And I think all the the belly aching and complaining that people have been doing for years about how 
black crime, whether the black person is the 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 perpetrator or the victim, how they perp how they've depicted those people in the media. I think it's changed because of all that complaining and belly aching, and I and, and I'm happy about that. Nah, and you're right, yeah. And I I also think um a factor that added to that was a surprise from people within the media of, of this outpouring of success from these like huge stars also LeBron James, Kevin Hart, you know what I mean, Rihanna, how they were all like have this outpouring for someone who that maybe members of the media didn't even know. You know what I mean? Like like mm-hmm. I remember when the Meek Mill Drake thing was going on, there were people, you know, like on ESPN saying, I, I don't I don't know who Meek Mill is. You know what I mean? And, and the same thing could probably be said maybe for some of these media people that were covering Nipsey. Like, I, I don't know who that is. I know who Kevin Hart is, though. You know what I'm saying? I know who I definitely know who LeBron James is. So he must be somebody important for these people to, to have like such a heartfelt tweet about his passing so I, so I think it caused people to look more into it and and shout out to like Forbes magazine who who had a, a a Nipsey article about a month before he passed away you know what I mean and and they you know I mean they covered him just how he was uh taking control of his life to be a real estate mogul you know what I mean or, or um just just every like big boy he was on big boys radio show and he took the opportunity to talk about his uh too big to fail initiative where he wanted to bring stem programs which is science technology engineering and math to the inner city and find some way to bridge that gap between the smart kids that we have in the inner city to silicon valley you know what i mean because maybe that that chant i'm assuming that pathway that channel doesn't exist in in, in large quantities out there you know what i mean so you right. gotta shout out to him man and definitely I hope his mission still lives on. I hope, you know what I mean? That it, I know it's, it's difficult once the leader of a movement, you know what I mean, is gone, but hopefully someone out there carries a torch. The people that are out there, they carry the torch and they figure like we got to save us. Nobody coming to save us. And we got to stop this narrative of someone makes you angry, pick up a gun and go shoot them. Someone makes you, someone beats you in a fight. All right, I got to come back and get one up. Like, learn from learn from the embarrassment maybe learn from the 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 defeat and and come back to fight another day you know what i'm saying like don't that that brother unfortunately now he's gonna he's gonna spend his life or the greater years of his life in prison now you know what i mean right it's so it's like it's another life lost in terms of that and it's just like bro like for what y'all could have been still going on with y'all goals both of y'all moving towards y'all dreams being being fathers, being aspiring rappers, successful rappers, whatever it is, you know what I mean? And it's like for what? Now two now two lives is, is derailed, one to death and one to jail. And it's just like, nah, we got we right. stop. That's why I like what and, we do. I, okay. Hey, bro. So even beyond that, you got the um goddamn Lauren London and, and they, how many kids do they have? They got one together. I think Nipsey has other children and you know Lauren okay. London has other children. Yeah, like they got Lauren London, like they they were in a long term relationship. It looked like things were going to. It, it was like a with all the celebrity couples that you got, and they all were splitting up and all that stuff. You got Tristan and and Chloe and and um the, the the oldest Kardashian and whoever she was dating or married to last. Oh, you see all these things fall apart, and to see them together for five years, you know what I'm saying? That's a pretty long time, not just for celebrities, but just just in general nowadays. So mm-hmm. that glitter of hope to be burned away like that, just amongst the other good things that were going on, just 
that one aspect of as, as far as taking away a black guy from a black lady permanently yeah. and irrevocably. Yeah. Nah, and it's, that's and that's something that too many black women had to suffer through through the year. I mean, that was what that was the the plot line of poetic justice, right? Like, you know what I mean? She's dealing with the loss of her of her boyfriend, right? And mm-hmm. um is you know it still exists what 20 years later man that that women have to go on raising families without because their men were were gunned down in the street and it's like right and it happens every day it don't it's not i mean like we're talking about it because it's nipsey and and nipsey was talented enough to have a platform that we cared about what he thought about and we cared about what he was doing but it does happen to joe blow and and dudes that we never even met you know what i'm saying that so like it's something that with with this platform as of a podcast and and any other platform that I may have that I, I definitely want to talk to young black youth out there and and end the confusion and the 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 lies that were taught to us to feel like all right we got to do we got to do this and that because we're black we got to behave in this manner because we're black because I suffer from it too bro I ain't gonna lie man there's certain behaviors that I've noticed in in, in this this year alone that made me stop and think like why am I doing this is it because I heard in a rap song that this was the thing that they did. And you know what I'm saying? Like, so that this is how I feel like I should spend my Friday night or this is how I feel like I should talk to a young lady. And it's like, that's not my life. You know what I'm saying? So I had to like step back from it and do that. So I could imagine that kids nowadays, they might be caught up in the, oh, well, such and such drinks lean. So maybe I should get high or, you know what I mean? Such and such beat, beat up somebody. So if I'm, if I'm confronted an issue, I got to beat somebody up. And it's like, now we got to, right. we got to change that. We definitely gotta yeah. gotta stop that, man. But on, on Nipsey, the other side man, of the token, though, chicken and egg, chicken and egg is the music reflecting the lifestyle, or the other way around. Exactly, is the lifestyle reflecting the music, and that's what I'm saying. Like whatever it is, that's why we gotta change. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. and and you know what I mean. So it's it's uh it's tragic. They were I seen playing. They they're trying to have a really big funeral for Nipsey. Um, they think about maybe the Staples Center or something like that. So you know, what I mean, a lot of people can attend. But Nipsey, rest in peace. You you left a ton of good music behind. Maybe there's some unreleased stuff that we could look forward to hearing, and it it just it just sucks that that's it. You know what I mean? But we gonna do whatever we could do as as young black men to uh continue on your dream and and and, and just move forward with uh enhancing our neighborhoods, man. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's real, man. How you uh? I guess we gotta move on. You know what I mean? Move on to something else. Uh, damn. Let's do, let's do a dare perfect talk. I think it's a dare perfect talk time. You know what I mean? Let's let's go help out some people in the perfect talk community, Keith. <laughs> you know what I mean? We yeah. haven't done that in a few weeks, and I got a, I got a couple of them uh, that we can bring get it to, on. So. <laughs> right now, it's America's favorite segment: dare perfect talk. Man, first one up, young lady goes by the name of Maria. She did not say where she's from, no. But uh, what's up, Maria? Uh, dear perfect talk. I am a mother of two little boys. I'm a single parent, and my to-do list is never ending. Uh, juggling my housework, parenting responsibilities, and my personal life always leaves something incomplete or not done at all. How do I balance the responsibilities of parenthood without an overwhelming amount of guilt for chores not being completed? 
That's a good one. That's a good one, man. Because because Keith, you're one of the the more structured um, time management people that I that I know. You know what I mean? So. How do you deal? I, I mean, you can't get everything done within the course of a day, right? How do you deal with the guilt of like, damn, I got A, B done, but I didn't get C done. I didn't get D done. How do you how do you deal with that? Fuck C. That's it, man. That's that's the advice. I'm done. End the podcast. That'll be good. Nah. But <laughs> literally though, nah. But for real though, fuck C. It's kind of like you put you gotta you gotta be comfortable with leaving something behind behind and knowing that you could get back to it. You know what I'm saying? There's certain shit that you cannot get you know get get back around so you can't say i'm gonna just clean this kid up later or uh, I'm, I'm gonna help them with their homework next week nah because that that's done due tomorrow so you got to start mm-hmm. knocking out the the stuff due immediately and in this order too the stuff due immediately um the, the the easy stuff and then the stuff that you can you can save for later in that order you got to figure out what's what you know what I'm saying? Like a kid's science project, that may not, that's not immediate. Maybe it's due in two weeks. So you could put that off for later, at least chip away certain segments of it. And that's another thing, breaking down certain tasks into individual units. So I think sometimes mm-hmm. people look at the entire, the entire mountain and think that they gotta, they gotta fucking get over it all at once. Nah, it takes some time, man. It's one step at a time. So try to chop that up. And that's that. Yeah, and, one of the, and one, start writing shit down. One of the best uh, metaphors I've heard is is how do you how do you eat a, a a whale? You know what I mean? How do you eat an entire whale? And it's one bite at a time, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? You got to start yeah. with that first bite. So it, it's it's as a single parent, I know what you're going through, Maria, because there's no way. You know what I mean? Like I, I I produce a podcast, I produce a radio show, um, and I take care of a little girl and what might be important to me might not necessarily be important to the day. And you know what I'm saying? So it, it, it hurts sometimes. It's like, damn, I couldn't get this and that done, but don't blame yourself. I think that that feeling of guilt is the word you used overwhelming amount of guilt. You said it, it, it can't all happen. You know what I mean? And I, so somebody's going to judge you because maybe your dishes didn't get done. I, fuck them. Like he said, fuck, fuck C, you know what I'm saying? Like it can't all yeah, get the, done. The, the, the judgment ain't going to kill you. You know what I'm saying? basically and, and then don't judge yourself you know what i mean don't don't look at more so look at what you did get done now if you spent the, the day on the couch and you know what i mean your kids didn't get a bath and nobody got anything done then maybe you should be feeling guilt but it doesn't sound like that's what you're doing you know what i'm saying so as long as you know you're doing what you got to do you sending your kids out the house to to uh school or wherever it is that they go looking decent you, you know what i mean you're taking care of yourself as well Everything's gonna fall into place, and I, I know there's that feeling of, oh man, I just want to come home to a clean house, and maybe me and my kids could all sit down together and 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 watch a movie together, and and I, like I said, I myself go through that where it's like, damn, when am I ever gonna have that? But maybe it doesn't always have to be the utopia view of things or the utopian view of things. You know what I mean? It it it's got to be best for what it is at the moment, and and I so maybe we can all sit down and eat dinner together, and you know, like. The dishes are there in the background, you know what I mean? And unfortunately they, they, they are there, but we're not gonna let that ruin this moment. You know what I'm saying? And 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 you guys you can't let the guilt overwhelm you. As long as you know you're doing what you're doing as a as a mother. You said you're a single parent too. So as long as you you're doing the job of two people, you're doing the job of a mother and a father. So, you know what I mean? Definitely just stay on your grind. Take Keith's advice, write stuff down. That's probably one of the best advice that 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 Keith's giving me. He gives me a lot of great advice, but that's one of the best advices that, that No that, cashiers. 
that's one of the best things I think that he's told me over time is write things down because then you get to like cross that list off and that's a double that's a double uh positive because you you get enjoyment from crossing it off your list and then now you're organized to know what still needs to get done rather than exactly and you know also so I have a notebook where I just write down to-do lists and like I said fuck scene there's always stuff that I didn't get done and I feel great about it and I think one part of building that mindset of getting shit done is to it's to get rid of excuses you hit it on the nail when you said get rid of guilt get rid of judgment right get rid of excuses get rid of judgment man get rid of those excuses because people make excuses man i didn't have time or man this kid is difficult or man these teachers be giving too much work that what that's doing is it taking all the ownership off of you because you have something to do with all that shit too right mm-hmm. so you should be you should be ready to take to to pick up accountability for all that shit because what accountability does not only do you get blamed for or you're are you taking credit or discredit for stuff that gets done or not done but also you take control you take back control of what you can do about this stuff you saying oh man this kid is hard having a kid i'm a single parent his father's an ass and all this stuff all that may be true but just stop it just be like all right what can i do to get shit done right and what stuff if i don't get it done will i be okay start from there Nice, nice. Good advice, man. Shout out to Maria. Keep us informed. Let us know if there's anything else we can help you with. Um, I'm going to hit y'all with the email, too, at the end that y'all can send us any of your Dear Perfect Talk questions, too. Um, next one up is the homeboy, Joey. Uh, let's see. Dear Perfect Talk, I have a issue with my girl. We have a two-year-old son and been together for five years. She's recently revealed to me that she had cheated on me early in our relationship with somebody that we both know. I forgave my girl, but I I want to fuck up the dude she messed with. He was smiling in my face all this time, and I want to snuff him. Is there any reason why I should forgive him as well? That's a good one. Um, you know what <laughs> energy it takes to hate somebody? You know what I'm saying? Like, you hate them and hate them so much that you almost forget the whole reason why you hate them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, what you hate about this situation is that you're, that trust has been breached in a relationship that that's probably one of the most relationships, most important relationships, if not the most important relationship in your life right now, right? Like, it's okay to say, it's even possible, and it's okay to say that your relationship between you and your girl, it doesn't sound like y'all married, it might be more important at this time than the relationship between you and that kid. Mm -hmm. So wanting to beat this dude up is reasonable. That's something to be angry about, man. Somebody slamming down your girl, romanticizing her, rubbing her butt when she belongs (laughs) to you. Right? (laughs) Sweat dripping down her back. Soap suds. Go ahead, go ahead, this kid shoot somebody. <laughs> Dude, rubbing her down with all types of expensive lubes. But yeah, like it's hard to think about shit like that. Then you want to, somebody, it's the same thing I said before. You angry about something, somebody needs to get that work. No, nobody needs to get that work. You flip that hate around turn and, and turn that into love. Channel that shit into your love and, and think about how can I be the biggest person I could be and start forgiving. That doesn't mean forget. That means forgive. To say that you mm. fucked up. He fucked up, but he don't belong to me. You do. 
You know what I'm saying? And I know some feminists out there are going to be like, she don't belong to nobody, motherfucker. Listen, if it's in your mind, that's, what's, that's what matters. If she belong to you. That's your girl. That's how you call her your girl. You know what I'm saying? You don't call her the girl. It's your you girl, dog. A girl. A girl. Your girl. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> I went out to Olive Garden last night with a girl. Nigga, I thought you was you was five year relationship. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. A girl, you know, Veronica, <laughs> man. Yeah, nah, like so work on that, man. It's hard. It's hard to be that that mature. You know what I'm saying? To say that, yo, man, this dude slammed down, loved up my girl, made love to her, had her singing, rubbing her down. <laughs> she all seen this guy's pillars and stones. Just romantic shit with another dude and it's hard it's hard to think about that so you gotta let that go man but do rubbing down your girl like it's, that. it's funny it's funny because R- the way the way R&B, you describe it r&b playing in the background <laughs> this dude doing all kinds of unthinkable shit to her and mind you this is like a new experience because anybody who's involved in cheating in some way like you, you have a mate uh, um, a partner that cheated you cheated yourself or you have a friend that's told you stories about their their um, travails through cheating and shit like that. That newness is mad exciting. There's no way to get around it. It's exciting. It's wrong, but it's exciting. Like there's no, don't try to front on it. You know, people try to give pep talks and talk the way around. Yeah, it's exciting, but that that excitement, nah, nigga, it's exciting in that moment. So imagine how excited your girl was with that nigga in that moment, dog. You gotta let that go, man. Is it's as painful <laughs> as Keith is describing it? Is that is what goes through somebody's mind? I think when they get cheated on, like they really think in those terms, like that, like sweat dripping and R and B playing, and your girl. You can't. But you what what one thing that I'll say is we as a society we've been very desensitized to violence, and that even goes back to you know what I'm saying the 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 situation that we were talking about with Nipsey. Like they, you can't live a life where you feel like that violence has no consequences and repercussions. You got to start taking into account what any, what those repercussions could be, even if it's from a selfish standpoint. So let's say you don't even care about this other dude might have a kid and a girl that if you go bust his head up, you know what I mean? You don't even give a fuck about them. Worry about your kid and your girl. What's going to happen to you if you get arrested for that? What's going to happen if somebody pulls out a camera phone and, and, and now you got, they got evidence of you doing something wrong. Like you got to be the bigger person, not for nobody else. You don't got to, you know what I mean? Altruistic with it. Be, you could be selfish, bro. Be do it for you. It's okay <laughs> being selfish, man. That goes back to, uh, that, the, the, their perfect talk with the person who, who ain't got no time for nothing. Listen, mm-hmm. don't feel guilty about shit, man. If you if you doing this for selfish reasons, do it for selfish reasons. As long as you get something done, you know what I'm saying. Same here, man. Be a good person. Your relationship matters right now. You beat that dude up, yo. It, life is weird in a way where you you know your girl's like, yo, why you beat him up? Like, why? What's all that for? Let's try to work on this. I know I cheated. I fucked up. And then she leaves you because you're a violent maniac, mm-hmm. and that dude over there is romantic and know how to touch a woman. It's true. It's true. Exactly. Yeah. Think about it in those terms. Now, now, what's not going to change people's perception of you? Because, like, you thinking of it. Oh, well, people going to think you soft because something be, that you, him, and your girl probably the only three people that really know or care about. You know right. what I'm saying? But you worried about what other people, how other people might view you. Nah, worry about how your girl might view you if you do something crazy like that, bro. Well, yeah, you don't <laughs> want to be and, and your kid, man. You got, you want to be a good example, man. You got to. I don't have kids, but I know that. 
I have young people who look up to me and I, I, I would like to think that things I do, they can, they can look to and be like, man, he did that right. And the things I do wrong, they can look at me and be like, man, how did Keith learn from that? And that's what I always look to do. You beating up this dude, man. Like, like my man Playboy said, it's between you, your girl, uh, that dude, and all that nigga's co-workers because you know he was in the office doing some old Biggie story to tell type shit. <laughs> you know. <laughs> And even so, it seems like you you kind of mad about the um, he smiled in your face thing. But from what your letter says, um, sorry, yeah, what your email says, you said that uh, let me see, where was I? Oh yeah, you said it happened early in your relationship. So y'all weren't together for five years when this had happened. You know what I'm saying? So he might have not even been viewing it as oh yo, just she been with her band. That's it. Sounds like if you got a two year old, it might have been before your two year old was even around. So it's not like oh yeah, I'm I'm, I'm knocking down this dude's baby moms and all that. Like to him, y'all might have just been not. You know what I mean? It didn't even have any effect on him. He didn't even think of it as he was doing something to you, and it just so happened that. Over time, it's like, damn, that's his girl for five years now. Like, that's, you know what I mean? I, I, he might even regret that. You know what I'm or saying? Not. So, or he might still be, he probably still hitting her up, asking, yo, are we going to do this again? But that's <laughs> not the point. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I, I, it may sound like I'm kidding around and shit like that and all, all of this, all the sweet part. Like, I'm trying, I'm talking in the, from the perspective of people who may have enjoyed themselves in this situation, but... That's the thing. You can't care about it because chances are the nigga enjoyed it and chances are that he wouldn't mind doing it again. That's the chances. Like, that's the probability. That you can't concern mo- yourself, though, with You that, can't right? concern yourself with that. Because now you got to work. Your focus should be on your, your lady. Because it's like, all right, how are we going to move forward from this? What have you learned from it? Have you learned anything from it? Do we need to break up? You need to, to take a serious look at that. And the first answer shouldn't be to break up. That should be the last answer. So explore other options first before you think about breaking up. Nice, and, nice. Yeah, and that's that, man. Good advice, good advice right there, man. Anybody out there, if you got any questions uh, that you would like uh, homie DJ Playboy and the homie Keith to answer, please send your emails to perfecttalkpodcast at gmail.com, and we will definitely, definitely try to answer your questions in a timely manner. But uh, shout out to Joey and Maria. Hold your head up, and you know what I mean? Definitely, you know what I mean? Don't do anything regretful out there. And, and, and do the best that you can for your kids because both, both of y'all got kids, so do it for the kids, man. Um, what's going on? Let's just say this is our little politics segment right here. What's going on with your man, Joe Biden? <laughs> oh, man, this is a, a tricky situation in the Me Too era, but I feel like it's something very important that we need to discuss and, and maybe have an ongoing dialogue about, man. Is it seven women now that have come out and have, have complained of inappropriate touching? Uh, by Joe Biden, uh, it started out with like one or two, right? Yeah, I lost count. It was one that wrote, uh, I think, an op-ed, and shit, I can't remember the publication, but she wrote an op-ed. But basically, she was saying, "Listen, this ain't sexual assault, but it sure was weird. It was like somebody was running for lieutenant governor of Nevada, mm-hmm. and people are like, well, damn, yeah, that's kind of people are starting the dialogue, and the dialogue is about Joe Biden. What I think is a fucked up dialogue." is starting to say it in the same sentence as me too because there's it's, levels to this shit and it's joe like biden, no go ahead my fault joe biden's nowhere near harvey he's nowhere near even trump he's nowhere <laughs> near nowhere near trump this is not even near aziz which i don't think is a me too thing but i'm just as far as like that spectrum i don't think he's even near that no nah, however yeah, and, it's and, fucked I'll, up though 
I was gonna bring up Aziz because that's what happens is people try to put it all in one, in, in you know, in one package. Like I was talking to somebody the other day, and they were like, we was like, yeah, you know what I mean, Joe. First it was two women, now seven women out, da da da, and and you know what I mean. What was he really doing? That was so crazy, like you know what I mean. And somebody was like, nah, nah, man. Joe knew what he was doing, man. Those those were those were young young girls, and we like young girl. What you talking about? These <laughs> older women, fam. What you talking about? He like, nah, man. Some of them was between fourteen and sixteen years old. We looking like scratching our head, like what the hell are you talking about, dog? He like, nah, man. Oh oh, y'all talking about Joe Biden. <laughs> he's like man I thought y'all was talking about R. Kelly and I'm like <laughs> that's crazy I was like See wait hold on <laughs> hold on hold on fam. imagine man like when you talk about it like if you don't say the name like you would think the dude's talking about R. Kelly or, or fucking um, uh, Woody Allen or some shit yeah bro it's like now now there's a conversation though that I think needs to be had like it's it's a different world that we live in now um, Joe Biden has come out and, and he didn't really apologize but he dropped a video saying that um, although his intentions weren't uh, nefarious or malicious, that you know, what I'm saying, if, if some people felt uncomfortable by that, you know, what I mean, that's that's something that he can understand, and um, he, he's up to having a discussion about it. And if you've seen the video quality, apparently it was it was uh, produced by World Star Hip Hop. It just had a, a fucking it was a cell phone camera in vertical mode, like in portrait mode, uh-huh. and I, I don't even think it was like an iPhone X nothing. It was like an iPhone six. See, <laughs> Joe, like my phone charging right now, y'all. What y'all got available? <laughs> yeah, man. Person, for whoever was video recording that shit was moving around and shit. Probably had a, a dog tethered to their waist, so they had to like shift around. It was nuts. It, it, uh, so people are a little upset that he didn't quote unquote apologize, which I don't necessarily know if he needs to apologize. Um, there's also on the on the other end of oh, so sorry. People are also upset because in a speech that he did um on, over the weekend. Oh, sorry, not over the weekend. Uh, during the week, it looks like you know he made kind of light of certain things. Like he hugged a, a lady as he walked on stage, and he uh, you know decided to mention that he had permission to hug her before that. And, and the same thing, uh, he put his arm around a little boy. He said that the little boy had permission, gave him permission to do that. So it was kind of like he was making light of it, which I can see why you know some people, people are gonna, angry about that shit. Yeah, they're gonna get offended by that because uh, it looks Already like already offended. Make, people have been saying shit about it. Yeah, yeah. So um, we, on that end, but he Joe's an older guy, so you know what I mean, like. Full disclosure, yeah. Full disclosure. When I was, I was a wild boy when I was young, man. I was one of those kids that always got in trouble for messing with the girls. You know what I'm saying? And I had to learn. Now, luckily, I look at it as a blessing. Like, luckily, that shit got out my system before I was a grown man. Got out my system. No, because I don't think all men know that. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know as a young man that all right, this isn't cool. This isn't cool. Now, as a as a father of a young as a young daughter, I look at it from the total opposite end of the spectrum. Like, yo, I I snuff a little Chris, a little DJ Playboy up. You know what I'm saying? So it's like. I ain't trying to, I can look at it now from the other end of the spectrum, but maybe if I didn't experience getting in trouble for that at a young age, um, and by trouble, I mean, you know, nothing crazy. I didn't go to jail. I didn't, <laughs> I wasn't doing anything bad like that, but I got reprimanded for it. You know what I'm saying? And maybe if I wasn't reprimanded for that at a young age, I wouldn't have known how uncomfortable certain things could make a woman feel or, or certain situations could make a woman feel. So I look at it as, as a, as a blessing that I'm not doing that as, in, in my later teen years or in my you know what i'm saying as in my young adult years i wouldn't i wasn't getting in trouble for stuff like that but there's still gray area where you're like oh well was this a a a, a situation that a woman might have a problem with and you don't really know until they say something the, well, the way you were touching was it 
sexual? Uh, I wasn't touching like genitals or nothing like that. Not but, genitals, but was but it touching? Is touching you like, like them? Yeah, I guess yeah. In so other like, words, were you just touching ugly girls, or like was it uh, <laughs> if you like them, you would you would get nah. to, you would invade you would invade their space? I would say ugly girls or pretty girls, whatever it was, like putting your arm around their shoulder, where not necessarily gotcha. know if, if they want that arm around their shoulder. You would get or not in like their that. space when you yeah. don't belong there. It wasn't like you were touching their private parts or nothing, but it was just like you liked them, so you got close to them. Exactly, yeah. Whether or not it, it it made them uncomfortable or they expressed that it made them uncomfortable or not. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't differentiate. So it's like, but I had to learn the hard way. You know what I'm saying? And it was like, all right, that shit ain't cool. You can't you can't do that. And at a certain point, um, you can get in trouble <laughs> for it. And I think even worse as an adult, it looks it, like some people could brush that off. Um, Judge Kavanaugh, you know what I'm saying? Maybe some of his sins are easily forgiven by other by some people because he was a young man at these parties and, and, and things like that. Whereas if he was a 45 year old man pulling his schlong out at a party, you're like, Whoa, <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You're bugging out right now. So to, um, to put all the, sh- the schlong talk away. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> but I, the, I would also say that there was a, I think it was like an aide or something like that, like a vice presidential aide back from the Obama Biden years that um, she wrote an article saying that, yes, Joe, Joe touched me, but like I, it was welcomed. Although it was unusual and I didn't ask him for it, like I get what was going on. So I, mm-hmm. I don't feel assaulted. I wasn't offended by it. He was trying to make to console me in a in a very tense situation to make me feel better about something. And I don't at all feel that it was sexual. I guess basically saying that I can see how you, how people would take it as weird. I didn't. That was pretty much the the, the gist of the article. And that goes. Is he, is he married? He is married. Yeah, he was okay. married. This is his second wife. His first wife died tragically in a car accident along with, I think he had a daughter. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah, so he's married and some, he goes to lots of political events with his wife and he embraces people in this way. And I think that's, that's truly who he is. We've been watching this thing for years and people have made jokes about it. And, you know, well, someone yeah. wrote an article. So it, it's very important that someone feels a certain way and that they expressed it and that we hear that and learn from it however i hope that people don't run away with this conversation into a direction that's wild and i hope he doesn't let it discourage him from running you know what i'm saying like it's it's let the dialogue continue and and use it as a teaching lesson for uh young men out there and and and, and grown men out there to, to to learn hey some things women do have problems with because I, I could be mistaken i think it might have been you or you, you might have just like passed it on or we laughed about it but wasn't there like a meme one time when it was showing like all the times he was hugging like hillary clinton and it kind of looked like he was like you know what i mean yeah there's been all types of memes where he's getting real close to women no matter what they look like no matter for the most part no matter their age and stuff like that and this was like years ago it wasn't like recently i'm talking about like yeah we've seen it a while ago so i mean yeah. this was a yeah this was an ongoing not an ongoing thing because that makes it sound like an issue that he has but it's like I mean, it's something that people have known that he's very uh yeah, it's a thing like when when dudes when um senators when senators uh so the vice president swears in incoming senators mm-hmm. gives them uh, does their oath presides over their oath and when a lot of the male senators, their wife would be around, like it was a joke, like, oh, watch out for your wife, because he would take pictures with the family and stuff like that, and he would hug and kiss the wife, or like mm-hmm. on the cheek or whatever. Okay. And like, that's just how he is. I think, I don't know if it's cultural, he's an old Irish guy, you know, big family influence in that thing, where almost like how you see Italians on TV, mm-hmm. to my to my knowledge, I didn't grow up Irish, but to my knowledge, like there's a big family element there, it's like, 
even the guys get a big hug and a kiss on the cheek and shit like that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So him getting close like that, I, I, I truly believe because of his, his culture and also his profession of being a politician. He, he's been a politician pretty much his whole career. I don't think he's ever had another job. Like that informs like you win when you get close to people, especially he was from Delaware in a small state like that. Then mm-hmm. he grew up in Scranton, Pennsylvania, a small town like that. Like you, you probably just get accustomed to getting close with and intimate with people being a winning strategy. When people get nervous, you just touch them. And just mm-hmm. that touch makes them kind of feel present. You know what I'm saying? But that's not the times we live in. Yeah. And also, too, I think it's, it's important for a, a male to be the voice, I think, that takes on um, advocating it's probably some of the uh, what why that might have been inappropriate. Uh, not, not like because to say it's wrong or to say because he didn't have nefarious intentions. So just uh, just to say why all right, this might make a woman feel uncomfortable. Well, I think it's important to have a male voice saying that because a, a trend that I've noticed in a lot of uh, cases, I'll say uh, like Bill Cosby being one, um, the USC gynecologist, the uh, the Larry Nasir um, case. Um, even Harvey Weinstein is that it's like one woman comes out and says it and then other women follow suit and it, it, some people look at that like yo well where were all these women at before where, how come you didn't come out and say that before so I'm trying to just think like maybe that's just how women are you know what I'm saying not to put paint everyone with how a broad stroke in what way? like they're more comfortable coming out with something along the lines of feeling uncomfortable all the way up to sexual abuse when somebody well, else that's just people, man. Like when, so this is like, for instance, when you have like um, focus groups, mm-hmm. one of the worries about a fo- focus groups are useful, but one of the worries about it, right? Like focus groups to see if a product is good or see how people feel about a particular soda or something like that. They will sit in a room and then sometimes you have one person who's just naturally a leader, like they have a leading voice. Mm-hmm. So they'd be like, yeah, this Coke is shit. Then somebody would be like, yeah, it's shitty. And the other person would be like, I kind of liked it. And like start being more upfront about their opinions. And I think it's the same thing. Like if a woman feels that she wants to take the leap because to come out with and tell the story of a traumatic situation or something that bothered you, that takes some bravery. That means you got to relive that situation. You know what I'm saying? For, for that moment that you're telling it. And then when it's about a celebrity figure, it's like you got to relive it in public. Mm-hmm. So I can see how women were falling back, but then they see one person and be like, "All right, fine, I'm not going to be out there by myself." I can see that. Yeah, yeah. And but I, I think that it, it's it's important to it, you can't look at it with that with the feeling of all right, where were these women at before? You kind of got to look at it with the idea that you just said of human beings feel more comfortable talking about something once there's somebody else that has shared that experience with them, um, similar to them. And they'll feel more open about talking about it, whereas before they might have kept it bottled up. You know what I mean? Right. So, but yeah, duh, honestly, at the end of the day, I don't think Joe Biden did anything wrong. I definitely, if you made someone feel uncomfortable, then that's that's part of life. You know what I mean? There's certain things that you're going to do, even verbally, that might make someone feel uncomfortable. But all you could do is learn from it and move forward. And if he is going to run for president, I hope he doesn't let this deter his uh, his plans. Yeah, definitely. And uh I'm probably going to give that disclaimer like the ones that white people give before they talk about race, but I'm not a woman. So I don't know <laughs> if I'm, a, I'm an authority on this subject, but I was fine with his apology because I don't don't apologize for the point of apologizing. You know what I'm exactly, saying? Exactly. Exactly. Like, and I don't think you should take an apology if 
you really get the sense that that person don't doesn't mean it. And it goes kind of to the thing of, all right, bet, this person's like that. I can't control it. Fuck it. I'm going to step away and try to move on with my life and see where else, like what else or where else I can fix shit. But I'm glad because I think that he really feels that that's the right thing to do. But he realizes that it's not a great idea to be getting up in women's space like that, especially if you want to get elected in this Democratic Party where there's so many young people and young people ain't, ain't fucking with you in, in that fashion. So right. run, Joe, run. <laughs> we're run joe all right man final story that we got going on today that i uh caught my eye i guess this will go into our have you heard segment because i came across this um you know just reading news and things like that um a new york teacher she uh, teaches at bellport middle school in long island 25 year old Lynn, lauren miranda um she was a math teacher she was let go because a topless selfie of her was being passed around by students in the school. Um, she received a message one day from another teacher saying that the kids are saying they have a naked picture of you. Um, the picture made his rounds all the way to the principal who, uh, you know, called her in to his office, you know, like asked her about it. She did, she couldn't even remember taking it because the picture was from about three years ago. Um, and then the, the principal like turned his computer around and showed her, this is you taking a topless in this picture. Um, so she was let go. She was eventually, actually, uh, first put on academic, um, no, no, sorry, not academically, on home assignment. Um, so she wasn't let go, like, right away. But that was back in January. She's put on home assignment. And then March 27th, about a week ago, she received a message uh, from a union representative saying that she, they voted and she was, um, they voted to terminate her um, after four years of service. Uh, so she, she brought up an interesting point, though, and just speaking about her story that I never really thought of, because, you know, at first my idea was kind of um, along the lines of, hey, Ma, you know, what I mean, you, you, you're you're this is the same thing that we try to teach young girls not to do. You know, what I mean, not to take certain pictures and send them out to somebody. Um, so she, she states that she sent this picture to a, a gentleman that she was seeing at the time who actually also works at the school. Um and she, you know, she thought it was something innocent that would stay between them. Um, how, it didn't, obviously. Um, however, uh, she brought up a good point. And she was like, all right, well, if I was a male teacher and I took a shirtless picture, you know, showing my chest and my abs to the person that I was dating and this picture happened to get leaked, would I still be fired because of it? And it really made me think, like, it's just a good point. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. like f- full disclosure, I'm, I'm, I'm a nigga that loves breasts. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, but it, it's like just so the listeners know. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of them, but it's also like, all right, she 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 brought up a good point though. It's like if if we're gonna be expected in one on one hand, if a woman's breastfeeding somewhere, it'd be like, all right, you gotta tell the people around there this isn't a sexual thing. This isn't something you should be staring at and looking at it in a, a perverted type of way, and expect the people around there to behave accordingly. Then you also got to look at this picture, like she took a topless picture it wasn't the best decision to make but also is it really a fireable offense you know what i mean like she wasn't necessarily revealing her genitals in the picture she wasn't um it, it, i mean is it really much more than you would see if you went to a beach or something like that so um let's whoa <laughs> so what kind of beach is you going to nigga it ain't, it ain't a routine for ladies to be unleashing their breasts on the on a Coney Island Beach or no, no, Virginia I mean, Beach. 
Yeah, but but right, so what I'm saying is all right. So the, you're seeing nipples, obviously, on uh, in a picture, whereas on a beach and she's wearing a bikini. You know, no, no, it is, but it's also like women wear low cut shirts and dresses sometimes, even in classrooms. So it's like the cleavage is, is like a. a, a it's what it's like a gray area it's like all right well these exist and we're supposed to sit here and ignore them not you know you're not supposed to just stare at a woman's uh breast or something like that but it's like she didn't send this picture out to her students you know what i'm saying she didn't necessarily want this picture to get passed around in her school it was a mistake that she made and, and maybe she should pay some type of uh penalty for it but is it like worth her losing her job Whereas if it was a male cohort taking a picture on a beach baby with his shirt off or something like that, it's like, oh, well, that's that's cool. That's that's allowed. Like, I don't look at a, a shirtless picture of a man. And that's not a sexual thing to me, but possibly to a woman, it would be. You know what I'm saying? Women so, hang around. Oh, straight women hang around in rooms changing and got their breast swinging everywhere with their friends. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, of course, pecs ain't going to look, look sexual to you. But I mean, so uh, uh, the core question which you asked before was, is this a fireable offense? I don't think so. But the but the whole notion of, well, what if a man took his shirt off and a picture spread around? No, a man could a, a male teacher could be on a senior trip with his shirt off by the pool and it wouldn't be nothing. Mm-hmm. A woman, they just can't do that. That's just not the society we live in. I was listening to Bill Burr's podcast the other day and he was just talking about how people you know, we have this whole hyper equality culture nowadays where people are sensitive about stuff. And he's like, he went into, he forgot underwear at home and he went to, he was in a gay neighborhood and he's like, I got to just stop into a store and get some underwear. And, you know, so what neighborhood? A, a gay a, neighborhood. A oh, neighborhood okay. where there's a lot of gay people. I got you. I so he was in a gay community and the store, the store um, served that market. And I guess in this particular store had more um, alternative underwear, like say, thongs and, all that stuff. And he found something which had a, a fairly normal cutting on the waistband. It said something like nasty pig on it. <laughs> right. So okay. he went okay. to the, he went to the cashier and he was like, uh, you guys have any underwear like this, but more like mainstream. Then the guy's like, what do you mean mainstream? And he, the point of that story was nigga, don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. Nigga. Like it's different in here because it happens to be a, a store in a gay neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? Like, so don't act like breasts is the same thing as, as pectorals. This shit ain't the same. Like, my chest rarely aroused anybody. And not, let's not even take my chest. Like, the dude who played Thor, his chest ain't arousing nobody. Like, straight around, like to full arousal. It may pique some some people's interest and people who's attracted to him. I don't know. That's the thing. I don't. I don't. Maybe it does. I don't know that. Breasts can be full <laughs> arousal. Like you think like, around, like breasts could be the end of like so you th- you think gay men looking at a shirtless picture of Thor they don't get turned on by that I don't know I don't know the I, answer that's why I said full arousal <laughs> I, I'm saying well yeah I don't like maybe cleavage they do arouses people but you could you could do cleavage to a business dinner it's not full arousal I'm talking about full on arousal oh, okay Maybe, I, get, I get what you're explain, saying do you want me to explain the science <laughs> of this shit I get what you're saying no no I get what you're saying arousal. <laughs> It doesn't have, it doesn't, it just does not work the same. It does not, it does not. Now, we talk about breastfeeding. That is the opposite of full arousal. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying it shouldn't happen. In fact, I encourage it because that shit feel like it's, it's, it's momentarily sterilizing, meaning that it, I feel nothing sexual in that moment if I see somebody breastfeeding in the park. Mm -hmm. Now, by the way, did you see the picture of this teacher? 
Yeah. There has to be something to be said of the fact that she's attractive. Oh, okay. Oh, you mean like if if she wasn't as attractive, it wouldn't be as big of a deal? Correct. Mm-hmm. She's cute. Cool. She's cutie pie. She's an attractive lady, right? Mm-hmm. She, you seen the, did you see the topless picture? No, I didn't look for the topless picture. <laughs> but uh, let's get around. Let's talk about the real shit now. <laughs> did you see the topless picture? No, I, I did not see the topless picture. I just I just looked at the picture of like the the um the headlines and the news stories and stuff. She's an attractive lady, and that counts for something when someone's mm-hmm. attractive. And now she she's become a public figure in some sense because she's in the media now. Mm-hmm. It matters. It, that matters in a story, especially that we have so much um, visual media. Media. Now, if I heard this on NPR radio, I'm like, I'll, I'll feel differently about it. But now I, I see the stories, I see the pictures, the you know, I see her age and all this stuff. All that stuff makes me think about it differently. Now, is it fireable? No, because that was a private message, and these kids somehow got hold of it. It's almost like stealing. It's like going into a teacher's desk and stealing family photos. Which has happened. A teacher has said that, and in, in, I was watching a news uh, report about that story, and a teacher said that she left her phone on the desk. A student went into it and found pictures that she took, but he took her phone and then like texted it to himself. <laughs> you know what I mean? So but he ended up getting in trouble. He had he had, to, he had legal ramifications because of that. But right, they should be sh- investigating the students and somehow figuring out a way that teacher can return to work without like but that was, that was her argument like why are you why are you firing me without having an investigation of how these kids actually got the picture you know right. what I'm saying? especially but, because a male the male that i sent it to works at that school you know what i'm saying so it's like yeah i mean that's a good point <laughs> she's bringing up yeah and it, i don't know if she's in the union or not because that makes a difference because really mm-hmm. and she works in new york this is called at will employment yeah. meaning that you chose to work here that means we could choose to fire you unless you're in a union mm-hmm. right so in the article i think it said a union representative did contact okay her. so she's in a union yeah bet i don't see how this is fireable i don't know if the union's working hard to defend her but like it's, it'll be a difference so if she sent it right to the student yeah exactly but they should be working with the union on how maybe to to place her someone else somewhere else into another school or something like that because it's not right. Like she sent it to this guy, and then it leaked. Like, what are you gonna do? And is there something actually to be said about pretty women that in the workplace? Like you, you brought it up that she's an attractive girl. That it, it's it makes it harder. You know what I'm saying? It's like like Teacher Bay. If Teacher Bay was dressing like that, but she was 380 pounds, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like people might still have a problem with it, but not for the same reasons. You know what I mean? Right. And- Look. Look at how they treat Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the congresswoman from the Bronx and Queens. Mm-hmm. Like, she's an attractive lady, right? And she's young. And by the way, she's Latina. So now uh, conservative media says all this wild shit about her. Like, that has nothing to do with her policies necessarily. Like, she's dumb or she's immature. She was dancing in a video in college. doing. Trump, referred to, her, uh, Trump referred to her at a rally as the bartender. Right. She was a bartender. Like, mm-hmm. that's insane. Mad disrespectful. <laughs> Mad yeah. disrespectful. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, and it, it's, I mean, I guess we're going to, we could start the charity for pretty women out there who, <laughs> you know, suffer injustices, but it's a real thing. Like people don't cape up for them because they, they are attractive, but the pretty women do have a problem in the workplace. But I think we had a text conversation about this sometimes that, you know what I mean? Pretty women get a bad rap because people be like, oh, well, I ain't fucking with her. You'd be like, all right, damn, what she do? I don't know. She just stupid. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? To, uh, to me at work, there was a manager. And uh, in another department, and one of my coworkers said, "Man, she's stupid." It was an older, it was an older lady. 
She's mm-hmm. stupid. And this manager, wild attractive, very attractive woman. But she was brilliant. But this lady didn't know her, never had reason to work with her. I've worked with the manager, found her to be very smart and a very good leader. And this lady just said she's stupid. I'm like, oh, what did she do? Like, what? Was there like a, something you guys worked on? No, she's just stupid. And shit like this happens. That's routine. Like, ladies yeah. look good, so you want to... People who envy them in some way wants to mistreat them. Or people who are attracted to them wants to minimize their attractiveness by diminishing them. You know what I'm saying? They feel like they're overpowered just by their looks, but it's kind of a fucked up dynamic. Definitely is. So, uh, Miranda, you know, best of luck uh, in, your, in your issues that you, you know what I mean? Hopefully you're able to get the job back because, you know what I mean? Oh, sorry, Lauren Miranda, I should say. Hopefully you're able to get your job back. Um, and it's also an example of slut shaming i think is the term like all right well this lady sent a, a selfie you know what i mean which is something that people do in consenting relationships and it's like all right well we're gonna punish her for it because she should have known better and yeah, so yeah, yeah so i mean you know, i hate the term slut shaming but yeah that's kind of what, what i don't like it either yeah it feels like we're calling the lady a slut like i don't some like sluts can be shamed. <laughs> i mean I'm, i guess i'm conservative in that way like i have cons- like some va- i have certain values you know what i'm saying like, some, like somebody, but not somebody publicly, like you shouldn't trash them but you know what i'm saying yeah, some of these sluts should be shamed. We're not, not, not. Let's not women shame. <laughs> yeah, no women. Don't, <laughs> don't shame women. people for doing normal stuff that women do. Oh, you having sex because you enjoy it? Don't shame people for that. But like, oh, you have you having sex and then you do it in, in exchange for cars? Yeah, I'm gonna shame the <laughs> shit out of you. <laughs> On that note, episode fifty-seven in the books, y'all. Keith, we did it again, brother. But when people want to find you on social media, how can they find you, my G? Instagram, me and my underscore 35. What are you watching on television these days, brother? The Shy. Shy? Game of Thrones coming. Uh, Fucking um, the cast of Game of Thrones in America has been dope. I I rewatched Game of Thrones again. I saw it, but then I had to go back and rewatch it. What do you mean the cast of Game of Thrones in America? They're not... Because a lot of them uh, are from the UK or live in the UK, oh, so okay. they came they came to the states to do press tours. So like, um, Kit Harrington, like I guess right now you could call him the lead actor in the show. Uh-huh. He's uh, on SNL on Saturday mm-hmm. night. Gotcha. You know okay. Um, yeah. So like the little media uh, junket before the, the the show kicks off. Yeah, Lord Varys was on on um, Seth Meyers. Uh, Arya Stark was on. Was on um, Jimmy Fallon. Uh, the tall one was on. I can't remember her name. Was on The View or Ellen or one of those things. Yeah, man, it's it's nuts, and I'm I'm crazy about it. I've been listening to Binge Mode, the Game of Thrones podcast from The Ringer. Insane. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, I go by the name of DJ Playboy. You can find me on Instagram at Plickapeezy. P L I C C A P E E Z Y. Also, check me out on Twitter at DJ Playboy. Um, you can check out the Perfect Talk podcast on Instagram at Perfect Talk Radio. I have a radio show. It is called The Night Shift. It is available on the Mixcloud app and on Mixcloud.com. Search DJ Plicka Playboy or search The Night Shift and you can tune into all the sounds them. Shh. Crazy the week, brother. Link in the bio, man. Link in the bio. Yeah, check it out. Definitely. Uh, uh, yeah, got to throw a link on there too. Um, we up out of here, Keith. Man, another another classic episode, brother. You take care of yourself. You enjoy the rest of your week, and let's uh continue to get better every day, my G. No diggity, no doubt. <laughs> Say goodbye to the people, bro. Peace.